0: Get going. Today's daf is daf ayin zayin. Page 77, the Hidgin Mesechis Ksubis, we're up to the third line, the Mishnah. Three lines from the top of the Amud. In Be'ez Hashem, we hope to be Zocha, we hope to have the merit to complete the seventh parak of Ksubis today. Time permitting, let us get going. All right. We're now going to learn a What seems to be a short Mishnah and Gemara But the truth is the next Mishnah is a continuation So it's not really such a short Sugya It's a lot longer And here we're going to get into scenarios Where something came up in the husband's life That's going to make it difficult for the wife And therefore he's going to be Quote unquote forced We'll see what forced means To give her a get to, uh, To divorce her Okay Ha'ish Dubai momen. The Gemara is going to focus on the nuance of how this is phrased. A man who it was born into him a blemish. Okay. When? Not so clear. The word nul no Dubai, however, means, seems to imply, that it happened later. First he was born. And then a blemish was born in him, which seems to happen, which seems to imply exactly. after marriage, let's say, God forbid, a husband gets one of these women. As we're going to see, maybe it's a, his leg has to be amputated. Whatever it is, we're going to give a number of examples. There are some women where we're not going to force the husband to give a wife a get if it was born into him later. That's what we're going to stand right now. Rav Shing says, That is by a small mum. Okay, a small mum, not a leg, as we'll see. Something that's large, we'll have to define small and large. See, something that's so, so difficult for her to live with, we will force him to divorce her. Okay. Now, notice there also seems to be a machlokas. Because the Mishnah starts out by saying the Tanakama, <coughs> without saying there's a difference as to the size of the mum. Barasheng Amil makes a discrepancy between a small blemish and a larger blemish. It says Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, tani Noldai. Rabbi Yehuda taught that, notice the word Noldai. Noldai means it was born in him. Now, what does it mean it was born in him? Again, what does it seem to imply? After they're married. However, Chiyobarav understood the case of the Mishnah to be where there was a man where it was in him these moments. Even if there was in him a blemish before the marriage, we could still, the Tanakam will say you do not force, but Roshimah will say you still could force. Now, this needs explanation. Why? Because if something happened after he's married, we understand why things now got difficult. But if you're going to say that the blemish was there all along, it was there, so then why would we force him to divorce her? She knew about it. That was a pre-existing condition. So what are you going to say? We're going to try to say that. Maybe she didn't? She knew about it, but she wasn't as grossed out. Okay. So one thought that we have over here is maybe she knew about it, but she wasn't as grossed out. That was the uh, phrase used here. All right, good, at, no, good, good. So listen to this: the Gemara is going to going to couldn't handle it. The Gemara is going to think along your lines. So says the Gemara: "Manda no According to the Pinu says that it was born in him the mum kol and hayu. Certainly, if it was there previously, we're going to force him to divorce her. Why? Because because before she accepted the reality that the mum was there. But according to opinion, who says that Hayu, that the condition was there all along, Avol Nol will hold that Nol that if it happened afterwards, then uh, the, we do not say you could stay together, even according to the Tanakama, and the Tanakama would agree that she can come and uh, stick out her hand for a divorce. Says the Gemara Tanan, We learned in the Mishnah. I'm Rav Shingamiel says, "Bametvar mamurim, This is the sefer of Mishnah. Shingamiel says, "When when do we say that we do not force him to divorce her when it's small? When it's a large blamish, we do force." Now, one second. If you're gonna tell me it happened after they're married, so we understand there's difference between a small mum and a large mum. Okay, one bothers, one doesn't. But if you're gonna tell me that there was a mum here all along. What's the difference if it's big or small? If it's a big mum, if it's a large blemish, like a, like a cut-off leg. What's the difference? She knew it was there. She knew that we had this problem. Why can she go ahead, according to the opinion of Rishim and demand a divorce? You knew the leg was cut off. Answers the Gemara. What Reb Mechol just said. At the time of marriage, she thought she could handle it. She wasn't fully aware. But now, now she realizes that it's taka too difficult. So when you have a situation like that, this and this is mamish. Take, take the Limut over here. The, you know, sometimes we hold people in a very strong way accountable for something that they decided previously. Whether it was responsibility they felt they could handle whether it was something else like oh, you 're a quitter you 're a wimp you 're this you have to realize the Gemara is letting us know la there 's times where you have to <laughs> you have to realize that not everybody knew totally what they 're getting into right sometimes you think about i mean i i 've uh, some of you have been a- around longer than me i haven 't been around for uh, too many uh presidencies how many uh, 10 uh, whatever i don't know you know probably uh, less with all the double terms or whatever but what happens you have these new guys running for president you have a new guy running for mayor of a city a new guy running for governorship and they're elected this happens all the time a month after the election everybody's telling them well you promised this you promise that you promise. Okay, so sometimes they're shakrunim, they're liars, they're politicians, and they're they're doing it. Uh, it's what they call a campaign promise. Yeah, you know it's a campaign promise, and they don't mean it. But there's other times where you had this guy who comes running in. Yeah, I'm going to be the best guy. He never did it before. What do you know? Now you're elected governor. You're elected to a position. You're you're appointed. You're hired a month later. All the all the nuances are getting thrown your way. And no, you can't throw in the towel and say, Oh, I didn't know. Certainly, if you're a politician, you can't claim you don't know something. But bring it into a a, a regular life. There's times where you're you're obligated to give people the space and the time of day to say, "Hey, you know, I I need to try to adapt to this." And there's times where a person Taka doesn't have the ability to adapt it, and she could say, uh, you know, and uh, and she could say, "I'm coming for a divorce." I was I was completely unaware of the uh, the difficulty that it would be in the marriage. (laughs) Considered a large mom. Pirish explains a large moment, If he became blind, he used to be able to see. Now he became blind. Nigda yada his hand was cut off. Vnishbera or his foot was broken. Now it doesn't mean a broken foot that could be healed. It's it obviously the first, a, a foot that's cut off would be the same way. But over here it means a foot that can no longer be used. He becomes a limp. Idmar we learned. Lame is when you can't lame. walk. Lame. He became a lame. He can't walk. Who makes a discrepancy between a small mum and a large mum? He says, by a large mum, she could demand the divorce. By a small mum, she cannot. So, either you follow or the Now, here's the problem. The problem is that according, says the Gemara, could Rebekah and say is like Reb Shimon Gamliel? That that would be ridiculous to say, says the Gemara. Because let's explain outside first. It's as if if you go to somebody and you say, yeah, you know, there's a machlokes between the Chafetz Chaim and Chaim Yankel. We pass him like the Chafetz Chaim. Who's Chaim? Of course, you pass like the Chafetz Chaim. You know that already. You know, a, who's who's Yankel? Who, who's this random guy trying to argue on uh, one of the greatest Gedolei? in When every you find Mishnah on the Mishnah, we're going to pass him like him, except for three situations, as far as uh, the extent that a guarantor is responsible, or um, a, a situation that took place in Sida'in, which has to do with a, a get, and also... When uh, what the, the last situation is if Besner already gave up sack and then people come up with further evidence, do we relook at the whole case? Be it as it may, Rabbi Eichinen holds that we always pass the like Roshim Gamil. So why would he say over here, ah, I got a new, Hiddish, a new idea. Hello, Gamil. <laughs> you told me something that's so simple. Says the Gmar, no, it's not so simple. Because even though it's true, Rabbi Echenon says, uh, uh, says is like Gamil, except for those three situations, but it's actually a machlekes tanan about aliba the Rabbi It's a it's a amiram about what Rabbi Hanan held. One held that Rabbi Yehudan always holds a stringam meal except for those three sc- scenarios. Another amirah says that no Rabbi Yehudan uh, doesn't in general paskin like Rav Shingamiel, and that's why over here we have to mention in his name that halacha is like Rav Shingamiel. Okay, fine. So the Mishnah that we learned previously We're up to the next Mishnah now But the Mishnah we learned previously Was a case of Where a mum A blemish developed in the husband afterwards And that transitioned us to cases Where now there's an issue That the wife has um, On the husband Previously it was all the things that crop up in a wife's life Right? That a husband could divorce her for Without a tuba, And now we're getting into things that a wife Can divorce a husband for Ve'ilu um, some of the things in the Mishnah I don't want to translate immediately because uh, the Gemara on Amud Beis is going to have to, is going to explain this. Here we go. The following situations we will force, and we'll see what force means. A husband to divorce his wife. Mukhe If somebody is a mukhe now a mukhe literally means he's struck with boils. Okay, but realize that. A mukashchin is a title. It's a title that somebody gets. We're going to see later, Bez Hashem, that there's at least twenty-four different types of people that earn the title of mukashchin with things that are going on in their life. Okay, so it's it's going to be various things that have a lot of um, either it could be a boil like a boil like symptom. And very often it has to do with hot rashes that pop around the body, but that, that, that come up around the body. But be it as it may, if, if a husband develops as a mukha and we're going to see why a mukha is going to have to divorce his wife. Is it contagious? Is it a problem in their relationship? What if, what, is it a force? What if she wants to stay married? So this is all interesting things to keep in mind. We'll see in the Gemara. Ubao Polypus. We'll see what Polipas is as well. As Rashi explains, I don't want to jump ahead of Rashi. V'hamekamites and a guy who gathers fertilizer. So when you hang around something long enough, you start to smell like it. V'hametzaref Nechayshes. Same thing. M'etzaref is somebody who refines Nechoshes, copper. Vahaborsi and somebody who tans, hides. Also, terrible smell, terrible stench comes onto the person. This is whether they already smelled before they moved in for Nisuin or whether they had Nisuin an and now the guy gets a job. He tells his wife, You know, I need to earn money. I want to get a job as a tanner. And she says, If you get that job, I'm out of here. We can tell him she's right on, the, on these specific jobs. The alkulan. Am uh, a Ramayar, and about all these rameir says, okay. even if she made a tanai beforehand, yes, before marriage, she says, you know what, yeah, I'll make a condition that it's uh, even though you smell terrible, or uh, even though you're a mukashchin, it's, okay. it's okay. I can handle it. still she could still say. I thought I'd be able to handle it, and I can't, and she could demand a divorce. That is the opinion of Reb Meir. say, he al That no, Me'kabel if she accepted it, Bal-karcha, then it's, uh, that, that's her own uh, problem. Chutz Except for, a husband who's a mukashchin, Okay. Now, mimak is gonna, gonna lead us a little bit into the issue of mukashchin being different than anything else. And that's like this. Sometimes, in some of the types we said there's at least 24 types in Muka like we're going to learn later in some of these types it actually um, destroys his body's ability to have intercourse and by her staying with him and having relations so it's going to actually cause damage to his body and therefore we do not allow them to stay together Okay, so in other words like this This is interesting Listen to this chap, this is a catch here In all the other cases, what's the issue? Her Her. Yes. In this case, the issue is him Protecting. Okay, so if we're doing We're forcing him to divorce it on her, on, Divorce her on her behalf Because she has what to gain So then we'll say Perhaps, we didn't see it yet What if she's my La it would seem we'll, we'll see in the Gemara it will see from us you're allowed to stay together because at this point of the Mishnah, the the court the Chacham the Chacham says that if she made a condition she's going to have to stick with it except for Mukoshim we're not going to allow her to stay together with him. Okay, but the, again, just it's, uh, it's going to be a, a fascinating, fascinating uh, in Gemara. Maisa the story in Sidon, the There was a tanner that died childless. So what happens when you die childless? Your wife becomes a Yavama to your brother. Now listen to this. This guy smelled terrible. The deceased was a tanner. He smelled terrible. So now his wife's Yavama. Who does she fall to? His brother. So she's so excited. Ah, I hope his brother works in a perfume store. Right? Ah, mamish. And what happens? Her brother, the guy's brother also was a tanner. So she's stuck with this again. Listen to this. Amracham the say that she could walk away. She could she could demand chalitza and I can handle your brother's stench. I can't handle your stench. And I think this is amazing. How often does this happen in our own lives? How often does this happen where you can have somebody who causes you such um such aggravation, but because you have Another element of your relationship there, you can handle it. Somebody else who you don't have that with, the same exact issue, it can knock you out. Totally knock you out. I can, I, you simply cannot handle this. This is the power of the human psyche. This mom is, it's all, it's psychological, get over it. No, 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 no. Says the Misha, this is reality. This is Mitzias. Everything has a trade-off. Everything has a trade-off. She could say, "My original husband, I loved him so much. He used to wash the dishes, and da-da-da. his bad stench I can handle. You, I don't know you. You just smell bad. That's all I know. I'm out of here. You're gonna have to give. You're gonna have to do chalitza." Okay. Says the Gemara. We started out the Mishnah by saying that if he's a mokashechin, if he has these types of boils, or he has a, he he is a polypus. Says the Gemara. My bow polypus. What is this guy who developed polypus? What happened? I'm explains It is a bad smell that comes from the nose. We've heard of bad breath. He's got bad nose breath. They Bad breath. masni He said that it's right that um uh, one is the um, the Rav Yehuda quoting Shmuel is that it's bad breath, it's halitosis, and the and the bryso was the the bad smell from the nose. the way he remembered it is Shmuel a Shmuel never stopped speaking throughout the entire perek, throughout the entire chapter. Okay, and if you do notice. And every Gemara in our parak in Perek Zion, if you go back and look, you'll see Shmuel all over the place. Okay, the HaMekapites. Also, he gathers smelly things. My what is that? What, what, what smelly things is he gathering? I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, It's a guy walking around who collects the Tsoya, the manure of dogs. All right, he works in the parks, picking up all the dog stuff huh? You make a lot of money doing. I'm that. sure you could Meshvei, That's that shangri is, is referring to somebody who tans, not somebody who's picking up um dog manure. Says to answer l-tameich. according to your challenging question, It obviously cannot be a tanner You know why? Cuz look at the list of our Mishnah It says a and 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 a borsi. So you see, the guy who picks up the excrement is not a tanner. It's two different things. And the Gemara, bish, the is kam borsi kam borsi Okay. Maybe you can have a uh, larger uh, borsi and a smaller borsi. What does that mean? They would, they would tan the hides with excrement. That's why they smelled so bad. So we'll say it like this. A tanner is a guy who's dealing with tons of, of excrement, tons of manure, dog manure. A a um one who gathers, is small is less. It's just two different levels. Elder of Yehuda Kasha, but according to Yehuda there is a Kasha, okay? Because according to Yehuda um, he said it's two different things. the Tanya is a okay Says Gemara, bottom line, what we're walking away from is... Machaikah exactly what it is. Fine. A guy who refines copper and a tanner. What's this whole deal with one who refines copper? What's the issue of Ashi Omar? Chashley What he's doing is, is he's hacking a chaynik. Literally. Hacking a chaynik means to bang on a tea kettle. Okay. So what he does is... right. He takes... Kettles, and he claps with a hammer, and he makes shapes out of it. <coughs> it was it wasn't considered a uh, a chosh of a thing. Rabbah Baruchana Omar Zamachatech Nechoishes Meikari. It's a guy who who uh, uh, pulls copper out of the earth. Tanya Kabose the Rabbah Baruchana Ezeru Metzari. If what's considered a Metzari Zamachatech Nechoishes Meikari. So you know we're saying a guy who refines copper is one actually who pulls the copper out of the earth. Okay, he he finds it. He's uh, what, what are they called? The uh, a, a copper min- digger, a miner, a miner, a miner. He, he mines copper. Good, right? You have you have uh, people who go find, very good. says, Our mishnah left out a case where we force a husband to divorce a wife. Remember, let's go back to the beginning of Sibas. A person says to his wife, I will not give you food and I will not take care of you. What did we say? you we force a divorce, we eat inkshub. And you get a ksuba. So you have another case where we force a husband. Also, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Lazar went, Amr the Shmaitza Kameh de Shmuel, and he said over this teaching of front of Shmuel, Omar, and he said, Aqsui ishail Allah Shakaifan Isa La Haitsi. And he said that um, give barley to a Lazar until they force him to divorce her, loves him. you're going to force him to, uh, if you're going to force him to divorce, you're going to tell him to give her food? No, what he's saying is like this, it doesn't make, make up your mind. Yeah, when he doesn't want to give her food, they're going to say, we force him to give her food. But do we say that it's got to be a divorce? Yeah, we're going to force a divorce. You know why? Because even though you now have a husband, and we're going to force the husband to give her food, you know what we're going to say? You know what? We're out. We're out. Sorry, no relationship here. You don't care about me. You didn't want to do this. You're not interested in providing for me. Shkoyach, Bezdin's providing. He's like the guy who comes home from flowers and gives it to his wife. He says, My roshiva told me to buy this for you. No thank you. Right? No thank you. That, 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 that's not exactly what I need right now. He saw it, Rabzeira. When Rav <coughs> went up to Eretz Yisrael, yafes and Yosef who was sitting and said the name of Rav and Omar Lay al Da Achsua La be On on because of this halacha, they gave Sha'arin, they gave barley to a Lazar in Bavel. Okay, meaning um, that uh, first you're going to force the husband to give the wife food, and then we're going to force him to divorce her. Rav Yudam Ravasi. Rav says in the name of Ravasi, Ain Ma'asin Ella Lipsitis. Okay, He says like this Listen to this We only force a divorce If it's forbidden To remain married together In halacha If you ever have a case Where you're forbidden to be together Then we force the divorce Now it's not so clear What he means But does this mean As opposed to our Mishnah He doesn't like her Then it's also for them to stay together Okay, okay, Okay. but here we're dealing with with like uh, a a, a widow to a kohen gadol, divorcee to a Kayin. But yeah, but he's not coming to say he's not coming to argue on every case of the mishnah. But we will need to clarify what does he mean? We only force if there's a psul, if there's a problem here. So let's explain. And this gemara is going to lead us onto some very, very famous. Uh, famous uh, Gemara's and some well known stories. Um, says the Gemara, when we said this over in front of Shmuel, Amar, he said, like a a and a divorcee a widow who marries a and a divorcee and divorcee and a marries a regular but let's say you have a couple that's married for ten years and they are childless. The husband has an obligation to fulfill a positive commandment of period of to be fruitful and multiply. So the halacha is you're supposed to get divorced. <laughs> However, on, even though you're supposed to, ain't kaifen I say, we don't force it. I want to tell you practically the custom in today's day and age, the minag is. We stay out of their business. We stay at if a couple's childless, you're not gonna find the best in going ahead and starting to recommend divorce after after ten years. It's really up to them to decide whether or not they stay together some wild stories. Um they, huh? they, they stay together and then they had kids. Yeah, they the, stayed that he didn't wanna hurt her by divorcing her. They, they had children afterwards and remind me there's a wild story about Rebel Yoshev and Rebel Yoshev and this kid from Texas. Wild, crazy, uh, incredible story. It happened uh, maybe uh, 15 years ago. Hopefully we'll have time at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially Texas. Okay. No, even in a case where they're married 10 years, there's no kids, we force a divorce. You are forced because you have a mitzvah to go fulfill. So now we learned to the Mishnah. The following men, we tell them we force them to divorce their wives. The cases of our Mishnah, right? The Mukashin. The guy with the boils and the palipas, either the bad breath, the bad nose smell. Bishmalaravasi, katoni, the like a toni. Says there are missing case case the not the Okay, right over here in uh, the additional case that we brought are dealing with biblical scenarios. Okay, meaning that's why we didn't mention the mamzeres to a Yisrael and we didn't mention a widow to a kohen because that's all that's all biblical that's the Rabbanam so why don't we give a case that's a biblical obligation to divorce why don't we give a case list the case in the Mishnah where a husband has to divorce is forced to divorce his wife if they didn't have kids, listen to this now we're going to clarify what forcing means Amar of Nachman Rav Nachman says to explain Habimile there's two types of forcing. Sometimes you force B'milei with words. You harass the guy with phone calls. Come on, come on, come on. You can't do this. Come on, you've already married 10 years. You have a mitzvah. You shouldn't stay together with her. But you don't force with any, with any sort of uh, corporal punishment. Ha bishaite. In, a, in the cases of our Mishnah, if the husband doesn't want to divorce his wife, Besdin can use corporal punishment. They can whip him until he says, "Okay, I'll divorce her." Says the Gemara. One second. Yeah, you see from over here that that the words don't work. So don't tell me forcing is called words. That, that, that doesn't work. Either way, it is Bishayt. In both cases, either by the marriage of 10 years or the case of our Mishnah, it's both talking about where we'll be forced, the best enforces forces through whipping. Tapa of Amud bays, ki omra havina bahaday. But the difference is, if the wife says, I'm willing to stay with him, so then shafkin We allow her to stay with him. In all the cases of our Mishnah, Polypus, the nose, she says, I'm Michael and I'm fine. It's okay. I, I want to stay with him. You know what we'll say? Fine. That's up to you. But if you didn't have kids, even if she says, I'm willing to stay with him, Gemara says it doesn't help. We're not going to leave her alone to do that. Because the husband still has a mitzvah to fulfill of having children. Okay? So under that specific case, we don't want to list it. Says the Gemara. One second. Are you telling me that our Mishnah doesn't list things that we're going to force through? Remember, what case did we list in the Mishnah that we do force through? Mukashchin mm-hmm. says the Gemara. but the case of the Mukashchin. I'm going to stay with my husband who's got this Mukashchin. though, we don't let her What do we learn in Mishnah? Because it it hurts his aver. It's it's hurting his uh, it's hurting his body and still it's listed in our mission. Answer the Gemara. Listen to this. By the mukaschin, they can stay married. I, ah, his body is going to get hurt. Says the Gemara. I'll tell you what to do. Have a shomer live with them, so there's never yichud. They could stay married. But you know they're not having relations this way. He's not being physically hurt. You won't have yichud together. You'll stay married. We're not going to force a divorce. Again, the whole reason to force a divorce is because we don't want his body to get hurt. So we'll put Adim in the room. We'll have a shomer. We'll have a watch person there. Take shifts. However, um, and therefore shafkin Allah, we'll let them stay married. Hacha, but by the, the guy without children, you know, what, I'm willing to live, uh, we're living to live with the Shimer, who make sure we won't be together. It doesn't help. We're not going to allow that. Why not? It's not going to help him have any kids. There, he's obligated to go marry somebody else, and therefore, there's further cause for divorce. Okay, now we're going to explain uh, exactly what is this Mukesh Chhin. what is that? Says We learned in Abra'isah. Huh? Rabbi Yaisi says, there was an elderly person from the men that uh, was having a conversation with me. He told me there's 24 different uh, types of men who earned the title, so to speak, of being a Mukesh Chhin. And about each type of mukashchin, it's very hard to have relations. U bale rasan You should know a mukashchin that's a bale rasan. If he has rasan, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. rasan is, is the most difficult type of mukashchin. Now, have, I, have any of us ever heard of rasan? Probably not. So the Gemara is going to explain. What is rasan? What is it? First of all, what does it come from? How do you develop the Mokashchin of Rosham? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you. <coughs> the Tangler and Terbaiso, Hik is dam, if a husband lets blood vishimesh, and then he has relations with his wife, after bloodletting, which was done for medical reasons back then, have a lebonim, he will have children that are viseken. He will have children who are They Yeah, they're, they're, they're weak, they're feeble, they're... Yeah. Fine. Hikizu Schnehem. What happens if they both let blood, Vishimshu, the and they had relations, both partners? the bonim bali This child can, may develop a mukashchen of rasam. Omar of Papa. Or Papa says, What's going to be with this kid? Okay. I'm sorry. We don't know what's going to be with the kid yet. We're about to explain what, what rasam does. But Rav Papa qualifies. He says, "You should know if you went and you let blood and then had relations, it's only going to impact the children in this way if um, delight taught him. You didn't taste anything. Delight taught me. He didn't eat anything. But if you ate things for energy, you gave your body nutrition. Avol taught me the less number, huh? When you give blood, when you give blood, they certainly donate blood. blood. What do they do afterwards? They sit you down and you eat uh, eat some crackers. You have some juice. You get some nutrition into your body. So Rav Papa says." If the if the couple ate something, they put some of nutrition back in their body, and then at relations, you don't need to be concerned. Says so, Gemara, see money." What what are the signs of Rasan? What happens to the person? So, the Gemara says, "Dolphon the va'isilei didve This is fascinating. Four different things. First of all, you'll have very teary eyes. You'll have a runny nose. You will drool. So, in other words your face will not be able to control its fluids and in addition to that, flies will be attracted to the person. There will always be flies being coming near, coming near the person. Okay? Says the Gemara, and don't try this at home, kids. My e say, how do you heal him? How do you heal him? Omar Abaye, Abayi says, get ready. You want to know uh, medicine in the times of Gemara? Here you go. Get your notepad out, but don't try this at home. Pila, vilunada, gira, the agaisa, the gira, de ashba. Take different types of woods and barks and, and uh, sawdust, the malka, and a cholel malka some sort of flower, umachasla, umesachla, de dikla sumka, and take. Um, the shells of unripe dates, and, and boil them, together. So we, now we have the recipe. Yeah? So we have this uh, we have this uh, fancy schmancy recipe of all these different types of woods and shavings and barks along with the flour and these uh, the, the, the the um the unripe date shells. You cook it together, um and you should bring it into a house of shayish. A house where it's totally marble. It's stone. All stone. Now why does it have to be a stone house? So the Mepharshim explained over here because if there's the slightest breeze in the, where you're about to do this process, you're going to mess the whole thing up. So it has to be in a house that the air is it's all stone. There's no, no movement of air. Okay, thela ika base deshisha if you can't find a house made out of marble myla labasa you bring it to a house livni of seven uh laum uh bricks the Aricha, and also a half seven and a half bricks okay um huh. Yeah, which means it has to be very wide brick Which it's, it's going to take the place of stone Of, of marble That's how, has to be like a fort right? That's to be a, a strong place but to, Now here's what you're going to do You ready? Chever listen closely You have this concoction You have this recipe So now how's it going to heal this guy Whose face constantly drips And his The flies are always coming to him you pour three hundred cups of this potion over his head. What's gonna happen then? His the the you know the baby spot on a skull, it'll re soften. You know the the top of the skull, the babies, you know beforehand, the the top of the the, the top of his skull is gonna soften up and now you start your surgery. V'kara l'maychei. You tear open till his brain. say and you bring arba tarfei, four leaves, the asa of hadasim. Four leaves of a myrtle branch. Right? So his head is now open. You're gonna, to his brain. You're gonna take these four leaves of hadasim. umadle kolchad kara, and um and you're going to um, lift up and stick something underneath, stick a, a leaf underneath vishakil bitsivsa, and you have to take it with sivsa. We know it's from Perkyovis, right? This is a um, you take it, you, you pluck it out with like tongues to not get it. Why the and you burn it. Now this there was apparently some sort of like um, bug that was residing on the brain. That's influencing all these things to happen to him. So you're gonna take these leaves and kind of manipulate the bug off, in order to get it. And then you got to burn the bug because the Eli, If you don't burn this hadar Elave, it's gonna come right back to the person. Is this literal or is this a metaphor? I don't know. I call it a metaphor. Uh, in in basic terms, this was a process that they uh, they counted on back then. That's it. All right. Machu Zerbechen called out. Hizaru Shabali Rasan. Be careful of the flies that hang around these Rasan people. Why should you be careful? Says Rashi, you ready for this? Hebra, we're very familiar with this with COVID. He says, a fly that landed... Remember, flies are attracted to this guy. If a fly landed on somebody who has rasan, the fluids are, are um, contagious. And therefore, and therefore, the flies can spread, or, will, can spread the disease around. Rav Zerah, He would not um, sit near somebody who had rasan. He always kept his mask on and some hand sanitizer. Ravilah, Be and Ravalazar would not even enter the same room as someone who had Rasan. Have. They wouldn't eat eggs if they heard it came from a store, really means a neighborhood, that somebody was found to have Rasan in. If there was in other words, if there was any sort of food in the vicinity, they considered that to be contagious. However, listen to the next line, because this is going to get us down to the end of the parak. Listen closely to the next line, because this is the trick. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Michrach behu. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi refused to separate from people who had rosun. These guys who have rosun, everybody else is running away from them. Ew, you guys have cooties. Rev. Rev uh, Yeshua ben Levi would connect to them the Osik betairah and teach them Torah. Why? Omar, he said, Ayeles ahavim The Torah binds people together and gives them grace, gives them beauty. You think a Rasan person had beauty? They were probably just, their faces were red and drippy and eh. He says the Torah, what does the Apostle tell us? The Torah gives grace. If the Torah can add grace to somebody who studies it, I do certainly will it protect me from starting to look like that. If it's going to add a beautiful a beautiful chain to me, I'm not, I'm not concerned. I'll come to their vicinity, but what did he do in their vicinity? To learn Torah. See, so he was willing to go near them to learn Torah. Who Remember this name, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, we're going to come back to this, refused to separate from these balei Rasan, and he taught them Torah. Now listen to this story and what happened because of that. Here we go. when Yeshua ben Levi's time was up in the world, Amru the heavenly court said... To the angel of death. Zil Avadley Rause, Go tell Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi his times come to die. But Avadley do for him Reusei whatever he wants. He's the boss. We can't control him. You hear this? The heavenly court gave a ruling to the angel of death saying you can't mess with him. You gotta you gotta ask him for permission. So Azal the Malach went Ischazilei and he he appeared to him. His chazile, he appeared to him. So Bishub and Levi says to the Malacham Maves. He says, "Oh, I know you. Welcome to my home. You want to kill me? Well, let me tell you something. Um, I want you. I want to see where my place in Gan Eden is. Okay, I want to see my place in Gan Eden. Omar Le, the Malachim said, "Lachaye, yeah, I'll swear to you that, yeah, you, I'll do that. No problem. Now, what's the Malachim thinking right now? He's thinking he has a willing customer. A willing customer. He's just a little nervous about what his new house is going to look like. He wants to know which moving company to hire, you know. So uh, he wants to know what his place in Elam Haba looks like. Okay. Omar Le, so they're walking... To Ganeden from this world, the Shobah Levi says to the Malach, give me your knife. Give me your weapons that you use to kill people. Why? Why are you demanding the knife? Dilma, perhaps. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get nervous. I'm going I'm to get nervous on the way. The whole time you're holding your knife, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll be more comfortable if I get to hold it. Okay. The heavenly court told the Malachamavis to do whatever Yeshua Levi wants, right? Have so Yahava ni'ale. So he gives it to Bishul Levi. Kimatlahsam they came to The Havis picked him up. He didn't let him go into Ilamhaba. He lifted him up to the wall of Ilamhaba. So the Bishub Levi can can peer into his room where he's going to be living. So he lifted him up. He said, "Look! Look inside. You're not going in, but look inside." Shavar, Rabbi Shulam jumped, nafalahu gisa, and he fell on the other side of the wall. He walked into Gan Eden. He walked into paradise alive. Bakarna de Glime. The Malachamavas grabbed on to the bottom of his frock. Yeah, he grabbed on to the bottom of his uh, of his jacket. Amar le b'shuosud Yasina. And Rabbi Shoban Levy said, you can let go of my jacket because I swear to you, I ain't coming back. You could let go now. I'm not coming back. What happened? Um, listen, Omar Kutchebrichu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu called out and said, If Yibishu Ben Levi ever nullified a vow, we're going to force him to nullify this one. If he never nullified a vow, then he could stay. He made a vow. If in his lifetime he never nullified a vow, he could stay. And Kachava, that's what happened. Now listen to this. Rabbi Ben Levi is now inside of Gan Eden, alive. What does he have with him? The knife, the knife of the Malach HaMavis. Amrale Havli Saki Nois. The Malhamavis calls over the wall. He's like, Hey, give me back my knife. Give me back my knife. Like uh Lai Havaka he says, try to get it. You're not getting it. Nafka Baskalah, a heavenly voice came out, Va Umralay, and said to Rabbi Shum Levi, give it back to him to Misva'al Libriyasa, it's needed for all of creation. You're not helping anybody. The Malacham of us and his job is needed for this world. It's needed for Elam Haza. It would be a terrible thing. Death is here for a reason. Until we atone for what happened with Elam and there has to be death. You're not helping anybody. The says, you could stay here. The knife goes back. Okay? Story continues. Machriz Eliyahu Kameh. Eliyahu Navi, the other person who is was in Gan anyway. done with his body, he announced in front of Yibshuva Levi, Panu Makaim, make space Lebar Levi for Levi's son Yibshuva Levi. New uh, uh, new moved, uh, new tzaddik moved into town. Bshuva Levi is walking to his room, yeah, and he passes, he finds Rav Shimbar David Again, you're going to have to go through the. We have to go through the Marsha and all these to know what the message is. Sitting on thirteen chairs of gold. Omar le atu barlivoyr. Rishemayichai says you be sure. Are you Levi's son? Amar le hain. He says yes. Nir asar kesbi ever see a rainbow while you were alive in this world? Omar le hain. He says yeah. There was a rainbow while I was alive in the world. Mk and iata barlivoyi. He says then you're not. You'll be sure, Levi. It's not true. The and it wasn't, the Lai Havamidi, there never was a rainbow. He said, I don't want to brag. All right, so listen to what happens. Rabshim Yechai says to Yeshua B'levi, Was there ever a rainbow? Now listen to this. The Mepharshim explained like this What is a rainbow? It's a sign that the world is meant to be destroyed, but won't, because of God's promise. Rabshim Yechai knew that there's somebody in the world by the name of Rabbi Shua ben Levi that he was such a tzaddik, the world would have been protected without Hashem's promise. There are some tzaddikim alive in the world that protect the world by being alive. So he says to him, was there ever a rainbow? He says, yes. He says, you're not Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Because Rabbi Shua ben Levi is so great, Hashem didn't have to rely on his promise. Hashem relies on the tzaddik. There's no need for a rainbow. And the Gemara says, Yosem Be'echai actually, Rav, Shif, Rav uh, Yeshua Ben Levi, there never was a rainbow in his life. So why did he say there was? He didn't want to brag. As the we know, the Gemara tells us that there's three times Talmud uh, Chacham uh, is meant to lie. And one of them is, if somebody asks you how much you've learned, you don't need to. You don't need to um, be honest and say, "Oh, I know all of Talmud on the back of my hand, along with the whole Shulchan Aruch and Tor and Navi." You don't need to say. You can be like, "Yeah, I know a few pages." There's a few times, yeah. Also for things of Tznias, when it comes to Tznias, things of modesty. And also, to, as far as hosting is concerned, to protect other people from not being taken advantage of. But be it as it may, the Gemara says Levi. He actually was Ben Levi, and the reason why, and there wasn't a rainbow. He said there was. I was well, yeah, there was a rainbow because he didn't want to brag and and uh, be all uh, pompous. Okay, so that's the end of that story. Now, how does this connect at all to the the to the Mukashchin? Right, it says. Remember, Rabbi Shulba Levi was the one who learned Torah with these balei rasan, these people who had the contagious mukashchin. That's why he So we don't know yet. We don't know yet N- until the next part of the story. So the story continues. Here we go. Rav Bar Papa Shushbinehabe. Rav Chanan Bar Papa was Shoshbinei. That means he hung out with the malacham Ki Kihave konecha So it's time for Rav Bar Papa to die. Um, so the Malachim Abbas said, you know, they said to the Malachim Ovas, uh, uh, Zil, go, same as Ruh Go do what he wants. Uh, ask him how he wants to die, you know, whatever. So the Malacham went to Rabbi Hanina, who he knew very well. They to hang out together. She so went to Rabbi Hanina, yeah, and Omar Le, Shivkei Tlossinyon Adin says, I want to die in 30 days. Give me a month. Why? Listen closely, this is beautiful. The Amrei, because it said, forces a person who shows up to Eden with Torah in his hand. Before we go Viter, before we go any further, I want to share something that my 4th grade Rebbe, uh, and I remember this from class, told me that he quoted this Gemara, we hadn't even started learning Gemara yet, and he said to us, each and every Jew should always have at least one mishnah, if not an entire chapter of mishnayos that you memorize by heart. This way, at least you could show up. And the Gemara says, "Fortunate is a person who shows up the Talmudo b'yado with his Torah learning in his hand." And you will always have that mishnah or that chapter with you in your back pocket to keep learning in Elam Hava. He said something else. Uh, which is separate from this Gemara, he also said that he heard that between the time of death and the time of Gan Eden, before, until a person's buried, so they're in limbo. And the way that they can protect them, there's shaidim and all sorts of stuff, and the way you could protect yourself from any sort of uh, pain and suffering when you're in that stage is if you remember your Torah learning, as long as you're thinking after death, your, your call it your consciousness. your consciousness, has a Mishnah on your back, and you're thinking about the words of Mishnah, that protects during that time. Okay? Teaching us a fourth grade, I still remember that. All right. It says, as fortunate as a person who shows up to Gan then with, so I need 30 days. I have to review all my learning. Amr Lehi says, no problem. Amr says to him, give me your knife. I want to make sure you don't kill me within the next thirty days. Doma <laughs> mevasle You might scam me. Ki He says I know this story already. The says, Papa, listen. You're not the first story. There already was Rabbi Shuban Levi, and that didn't end well for me. He ended up jumping into Gan Eden with my knife. I can't afford to take that risk. You're not getting my knife. Lay. <laughs> See, he says to him, I see Sefer Torah of the Bring a Sefer Torah and look. Mi look at the Sefer Torah. Is there anything in the Torah that I didn't fulfill? Omar leh, he said to him, yes, there is something in the Torah that you didn't fulfill. ichrat, Were you close? Bibale rasan. To people who were afflicted with rasan, the I'asik b'torah and involve yourself in Torah study. You know what he was telling him? You're not as good as Rabbi Bishuah Levi. Rabbi Bishuah Levi always had the upper hand on me. That's why he was able to pull his shtick of me getting him to the wall and jumping over because he stuck to those that everybody else ran away from. And even so, Kinoch when Avchaninah Bar Papa passed away, even though he didn't have this extra Call this uh, uh, g- gain, uh, you know, extra um, protection. There was a pillar separating him from uh, from everybody else. And we have a mesera that that um, there's a um, in in uh, there's a pillar of fire that stands around a person's coffin. If there's one or two people in the generation, in every generation, there's one or two people. We're at their... Uh, upon their death, a pillar of fire comes down and separates them from the rest of the world to show nobody can come near them. Has anybody ever heard of such a story? You ever heard of a pillar of fire come down no past few years? So I, I, vaguely, but... Maybe? The mafarshim explain if, yes, there's, if, yes, if, yes, if yes. there's three people, then there wouldn't be a pillar of fire. Because the pillar... The three people who are all great. Uh-huh. Because... A pillar of fire was necessary to show this person was completely different and is disrespectful to approach. But if you're going to have other people in the generation who it is respectful for them to approach the coffin, so then a pillar of fire won't come down. Alexandre, <speaking in Hebrew> let's just finish up. Rav Alexandre, not once, he came to the coffin. <speaking in Hebrew> he said to the fire, go away, we've got to bury him on behalf of the covet of the Khacham, Layishkach, then the fire didn't leave. Also he says, Papa, the, the fire should leave in the merit of Papa your father. Lay didn't leave. Asey should leave in your own honor. We want to come and give you covod. and it went. Um, this pillar of fire separates people for the slightest infraction. Slightest. Even if It's a slightly different than the of the person who passed away. He says, yeah, like you. You know, you want to talk about the slightest infraction? You, Abaye. You have a sin on your head. You don't put a fence on your roof. Says the Gemara, it's not true. Me have He put a fence on his roof, but he shait the huddish shad zika. and it happened to have been there was a Midwest storm when Ravada was walking by, and the fence had pumped just then had had fallen down. Amalei Achina says, why don't you find people who have rassam and baval, but bnei shaiichlan trod b'shais and sheicher shal hismi, because they they eat beets and drink a lot of beer that come from a type of plant called hismi." and says, You know why there's no in Because they eat beets, they drink beer, and they bathe in the Euphrates River. They in these things physically. We're obviously not dealing with the type of taras that's spiritual that comes with Ashnahara, but these, the, the Gemara is letting us know these types of healthy eating habits or specific types of foods help protect from Rasan, apparently. Even if your parents had relations without that, without that they, they eat, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, after bloodletting because the parents themselves were eating these things and that helps. And the same thing is true with Saras. Hadron Allah Hamadir Es Ishtai. Hadron Allah Hamadir Es Ishtai. Hadron Allah Hamadir Es Ishtai will return to you. Bez Hashem. Perak Hamadir Es Ishtai. Mazel Tov. To everybody finish the seventh perak of the Haligim Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. I didn't share the story with Rabbi and the guy in Texas because we have a board meeting now and I'm late for locking on. Ben uh either later for those hanging around or uh, tomorrow before daf, we'll, we'll share it. All right, I get the nacht. Have a wonderful night, everybody.